Welcome to Fem Lead, the podcast on female leadership and role models. Prepare to feel inspired and better equipped to navigate your career path. I am Alexandra Chabotaru, your host, and together with my guests, we will tackle a new field of work in each episode. The aim of this podcast is to deep dive into career perspectives and strategies to navigate your desired path for success. Enjoy! Hi, everyone, and welcome to this special episode. We are today sharing an episode where I get to be a guest speaker. That is an absolute honor and such a pleasure to, to share with you. A few weeks ago, uh, Talent Garden contacted me to join their International Women's Day initiative on the 8th of March, 2021, to discuss my career path in tech and to share some of the learnings that I got through FemLead. So I was extremely honored and it was such a pleasure to talk with Noah Segre from Talent Garden and to have a, a fire chat after my presentation about um, different topics related to career. How did I navigate my career path? Who were my mentors? Um, what do I think about uh, women and workplace and so on? Uh, I really hope you will enjoy this next episode. I share a framework that was initially shared at Women in Product by Sabrina Repka. So I decided to share this framework because I thought it was really useful for the professional setup. And of course, it's related to how to identify your North Star as part of the presentation that I shared on the 8th of March. Now, um, I want to thank Talent Garden for this opportunity because I got some very nice feedback after the live session. So now you are able to listen to this interview as a partnership that we've made with them to be able to provide this for you as well. As a reminder, uh, and for those of you who do not know what Talent Garden is, Talent Garden creates campuses to empower digital tech communities and connect them globally. Co-working spaces, digital training, and networking. If you are interested in finding out more about Talent Garden, you can visit talentgarden.org. And I'm sure that you will be able to understand there everything around the setup that they've created. I was fortunate enough to meet the, the team at Talent Garden in Denmark. Uh, when I used to work in one of their co-working spaces, and this is how we got connected. So thanks again for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy this next episode. Good afternoon, everybody. Uh, welcome to this very special edition of Tigers Explore. Uh, my name is Noah Segre, and I'm a senior strategist and visioner in Talent Garden, and I'm coming to you live from our beautiful campus in Milan. So Milan Isola is where we are uh, this afternoon. And uh, this afternoon, we're going to start uh, with this very special session. And I'm going to now, uh, I'm, have very, I'm very, very happy to introduce our guest today. So our guest is Alexandra Chubotero, who's originally from Romania, but she actually moved to Denmark five years ago for studies and kind of stayed in Denmark uh, since then. She built a third leadership profile in the startup ecosystem focusing on business and product development and has been nominated not once but twice uh, for the Women in Tech Awards in 2018 and 2020, joining a, a very prestigious list of very, very interesting female tech uh, profiles such as the CEO of Microsoft and many other co-founders 
from Denmark. And this kind of motivated uh, Alexandra to share her advice and kind of her career development across different channels. And she uses a multitude of events to inspire women. And we're looking forward to being inspired uh, also uh, today. Uh, she started her own podcast uh, where she gets to interview leaders and role models from all over the world about their careers, asking them sometimes also tough questions, which is something that we're going to touch upon also today. But ask for advice. And I think this is one of the most interesting sides of what we do today because we want to inspire, we want to give advice, but we also want to be asked uh, for advice from others. Uh, so, Alexandra, thank you so much for joining us uh, this afternoon. We're very happy to have you with us. Um, and the floor is yours. So go ahead, Alexandra. Thank you so much, Noah. And um, a special thank you to the Talent Garden community. I have been humbled and uh, really honored to be invited to speak at this event. Um, it's a very important day for women because it's International Women's Day and we must discuss some topics that maybe are not always easy to discuss and uh, make some people uncomfortable. But I hope that uh, we will open the floor to just be honest with what is our context and what can we do together. I prepared a short presentation about uh, lessons from my career path. Uh, but I want to start with an exercise for all of you joining. And I wanted to invite everybody joining today to um, share if you resonate with, uh, with my messages, to share if you resonate with the examples that I'm sharing, and um, share if you have any other lessons that we should all uh, learn from. Without further ado, today we will talk about navigating a career path in tech. As Noah mentioned, I live now in Denmark and I have been living here for the last five years where I built my, my career. And um, I've started FemLead podcast to share role models, female role models and their career paths. Um, I think I want to start by um, showcasing the importance of female role models and how do you see your life? Because um, I feel that sometimes we maybe forget what guides us and uh, maybe we we don't think um, that strategically on our aspirations and how to get there because um, the expectation of life is that it's a linear path and you go from A to B and it's a straight line, especially when you graduate or especially if you start uh, a role, you think that a linear transition will happen every few years and then reality hits and you realize that where a career path is quite complicated and depending on your context, depending on your setup, depending on you know the culture that you're in, the challenges that you have to face, uh, it can look very different than some of your peers. So I wanted to just tell everybody from the beginning that it's okay if you think that your path is maybe different or harder or not what you expected. Uh, we are all faced with this and it's okay to feel what we feel. So to, to move on from, from that feeling of it needs to be perfect, I want to share that for me, it was not an easy path. And it's uh, even today, of course, I have a lot of challenges that I, I need to overcome. But I, um, I learned some things along the way that I think helped me uh, build resilience. And uh, I wanted to continue by um, sharing with you an exercise that I thought would really make sense uh, for today's occasion. Um, determining your North Star. Uh, North Star is a topic that I've uh, I've uh, known about from growth marketing, and in this uh, setup, I discuss what guides you. 
professionally. So there are a series of factors that once you start thinking about more and more, maybe you get some, um, uh, some um, you know, understanding of what you would want to have in your professional path. And those factors can be both personal and professional. Um, it's quite important to do this exercise if you feel maybe that you are, you know, unsure or stuck somehow with your situation, um, just to uh, reflect on what you really want. And in order to determine your North Star, there are a couple of factors that, that you can take into account. These are factors that I decided to share. And it's, this was a, a very great exercise shared uh, at the Women in Product conference that I thought it's really relevant for today as well. So please feel free to choose what works for you. This is just a, a guiding uh, exercise, if you may. So the first thing, job security. Knowing where you will work and that you have the security not to fear if you will be in that company or not. So for some of us, job security is a pretty important factor when we determine our North Star, what guides us in our career path. Knowing that where you will be offers you the security, where you will be working offers you the security uh, of knowing that you will, for, you will always have some sort of situation that is uh, is more or less made for you and that you fit that role and that, you know, you are welcome in the team. It's really something that will help you navigate your career path because you don't want to feel every month that mm, maybe I'm, it's not my, my place here. So having this job security feeling, it's, it's part of uh, some of our uh, North Star. So it guides you in deciding what you want for your, for your setup. Then the next one is self-realization. Doing the things that you really want to do, that is something that uh, resonates with you. Uh, feeling that you work towards a mission that really resonates with you and that, um, you know, you, you grow in that path. So self-realization, it's another important par part of determining your North Star. Likewise, financial security. Very important. Um, it's an important for uh, an important factor for your private life. Of course, you want to feel secure with money and you, that you don't have to worry about providing for your uh, yourself and your family. Um, you want to feel secure with money, uh, maybe above basic needs, and feel that you are really striving towards the life that you want to live. So, being in a place that offers you financial security, it's another factor in determining your north star, for example, or it could be. The same goes with work-life balance, which um, now, of course, is being uh, tackled more and more. Uh, but it is something that uh, it's very important to, to discuss because maybe in the Nordics, I, I, I live in Denmark, so we, we discuss work-life balance. And it's a topic that it's, it's very tackled uh, with, with colleagues. Um, it's something that, you know, it's an integral part of our lives. So we shouldn't just uh, not discuss it. We, should, uh, we shouldn't um, put it aside. But in other cultures, maybe it's not as discussed. Work-life balance is important uh, because you cannot buy time with money. And you do need time for yourself. You need time for your family. Maybe you need time for a side project. Maybe you have hobbies that you want to engage in. So having that time for self and for your hobbies and so on is very important. I really suggest if you feel that work-life balance is something that you need to, to add on your list to discuss with your manager or with your team, what are the opportunities within the company? Because especially in the last years, companies have acknowledged the need for work-life balance. So they, they will help you hopefully in this, in this journey if it's not something that is part of, of a company culture yet. To a, certain, uh, to a certain extent, personal growth and capabilities uh, can be equally an important part in determining your North Star. Will this setup help me grow in my journey 
And will I get new capabilities by doing those tasks? Will this company invest in me? Am I going to have some sort of setup where I can learn more? These are questions to ask yourself, especially if you, if you want to feel satisfied with your, with your current setup. The next thing is company culture and values. Is uh, this company uh, having the same values that I have? Are we in sync? I think that sometimes, and please correct me if you felt differently, but I feel sometimes people underestimate the importance of culture fit. When you feel you belong to that culture that you go to work every single day, um, it really gives a different feeling than when you feel you don't belong there. So you feel like an outsider or you're wondering whether this is the right fit for me. It's important to have that culture fit and to have the values of the company connected. So definitely a factor that I encourage all of you to, to consider. The next thing, job level and seniority. Is having the opportunity of uh, progressing in your career an important part of your, of your North Star, of what guides you in your career? Do you want to have those opportunities? Is the current setup offering you that opportunity or in the future could offer you that opportunity? If this is important for you, how can you get closer to getting that factor in as well? So definitely uh, another point to consider if, if it is something of interest to you. Likewise, horizontal and vertical experience. And this is the last factor that I outlined here. So do you want to become a generalist or do you want to be an expert? Do you have the opportunity within the space that you're in to really deep dive into a subject, maybe even try different uh, different arrangements. And um, for example, in graduate programs, you have the, the opportunity of going in different departments to see what you would be you you would like more and what you uh, would have a better fit with. Is this something that you want to to experience? Do you have the option at your current place, or maybe you want to have it in order to explore those situations? So, if this is something for you that is uh, that is important you know, add it as, as part of determining your North Star and uh, put it as a, as a factor that could guide your, your journey. Then the next thing would be to add a point as an exercise um, where you are at. So this black dot, where do you think that in sync with all of the factors that could represent your North Star, where are you now? Then um, let's say that not all of them are even with dots. So this is, of course, uh, it can also be for the future, something that maybe you don't have. So um, uh, you want to have in the future. You can then map out by putting another color dot, for example, of where you want to be in the future. This is a personal exercise. So I'm not saying that you should... Uh, I don't know, um, share this with uh, all of your colleagues and say, you did, I'm here, but I want to be here. But it's more like for you to consider at the next opportunity, when I have a new uh, job or when I'm looking for a new job or when I get the opportunity to progress in my career, will I get closer to some of those points in my North Star where I want to get closer to, like job level, seniority, or personal growth? Will will I get closer to getting there? And this is an exercise that you can do every few months um, or every time you, you change your position. But I think it would really help you map out, you know, where is it that you want to go to um, and in sync with what your factors that determine your guide guideline are, how can you get there? And you can even discuss some of those points with your manager, knowing, for example, that you would want to become closer to a vertical experience or more of an expert. Go to your manager and say, hey, I, I thought about it. And in the future, I would like to be more of an expert in growth marketing. Is there a possibility for me to move into that direction? So kind of helping yourself uh, getting there.
I really hope this was a, a useful exercise. Um, I thought it was a, a brilliant way of, uh, of of sharing, you know, what is it that you consider your career um, uh, north star to be. So definitely take this as a as an uh, an exercise that you can use every time you need to reflect on, on your on your path. Now the next thing is lessons from my career path. And um, as I've shared in the beginning, this is a personal journey and uh, it's based on my career in Denmark as an expat. So um, I would be very curious if you want to also share some of your learnings to uh, to share this, uh, this um, uh, to have this opportunity of, of learning from each other. I have five lessons that I'm going to go through in a few minutes and then we're going to go to the fire chat. The first lesson that uh, maybe I wish I knew earlier, it's... Um, your worth is not attached to a job title. How many times have you thought like this? My values is tied to a sliding salary scale. If I'm paid, uh, the more I'm paid, the more I'm worth. If I'm paid more, I'm worth, I must be worth more. The more I'm promoted, the more I feel appreciated. I think this creates a problem because linking self-worth to a job can be a dangerous game. Considering the times we're living, Um, if you have been through a situation where you lost your job or where you fear for, for your job or where you are maybe not as satisfied with the situation that you're in, um, you would not only feel at, at ease on that situation, but your whole sense of self would be thrown off. So as a reminder, you are enough and your worth is not attached to a job title. An exercise you can do is to, um, from time to time, list points of gratefulness and uh, three of your strengths. You can make this exercise every month if you need this reminder. Um, three points of gratefulness and three of your strengths to remind yourself uh, of, you know, what are some of those things that really, those skills and those things that really make you a great professional, no matter of your job title or your situation right now. Another thing that is important is the mindset. How do you see yourself? How do you speak to yourself? Those are important conversations to have and, you know, realize that um, you choose your sense of self. It's an internal decision, not, the, not an external one. So self-worth is definitely a subject that I wish I discussed with the life coach earlier in my career. Um, I think oftentimes we attach this uh, personal worth uh, equals a title. And of course, it makes sense if, if you think about the effort and energy that you put into school, internships, interview, getting a job and so on. But in the long run, what matters is really if you've enjoyed your experience. And um, one of my podcast guests, uh, Anya Monrad, the senior vice president at Dell here in Denmark, she was just uh, really, um, you know, straightforward. And she said, you know, um, uh, it's just a job. If you don't have this one, you might have another one. So be very careful how you identify yourself with that job so you don't become one with it. It's uh, definitely a reminder that it's okay to be, you know, motivated by a mission. So you can ask yourself, what is the mission that I want to work towards? And then um, it will make this, this differentiation will really make a big difference for your satisfaction um, in life, I think. Tell me if this resonates with you. I would be very curious to know, uh, to know uh, your opinion. Um, the second thing, set your own pace. It's never too late or too early. Boy, if I knew this, I think I would have been um, maybe uh, less in a rush to do everything in a year because uh, I read somewhere in a, an article that uh, some 19-year-old uh, uh, CEO uh, made, I don't know what invention, I was thinking, what am I 
wasting my time on. <laughs> I think oftentimes in our career paths, we feel that we are not there yet and that we should have been. Um, I have been given the responsibility of uh, being a team manager of, at 23 years old. I had 11 student workers in my team and I was responsible with two of my colleagues of, you know, I was responsible for around a team of 30, 35 people in our department. And that's a lot of responsibility. Uh, and even if we are discussing a part-time job in the beginning that they then became also a full-time job, um, I, after a, a while, I started asking myself, hmm, is this enough? Um, shouldn't I have been doing something else? So I put this pressure on myself that something had to change after a year or two because I couldn't do this forever. Now, I'm not saying that you shouldn't progress, but I'm also saying that you should not um, set the set the pace based on somebody else's expectation, but on what you want and can do. It's never too late. It's never too early. I am a person that um, planned, you know, I like to think about my career and I've been thinking about my career ever since I started working uh, in a, in a, a full-time context. And I was told that I'm in a rush and that might be true for somebody, but for me, it was just the, the right thing that I felt was, okay, I want to progress from this uh, experience to something else. And it's okay if you decide for yourself, okay, you know, this is uh, my process. And for me, uh, this is my pace. And this is how I want to work. In the same time, you know, uh, the idea of running, I think it's very relevant for, for many of us uh, trying to, to do everything in, in a year. So please share if you have uh, some experiences similar, because I would be very curious to know how you've navigated that. Um, I think it's important to have different experiences and different learnings to help you understand what you really want to do. And um, to link with one of my podcast guests, Antisa Jensen, who's an emotional intelligence coach, she said something that really resonated with me. Um, you can change your mind. So if you've made a plan and then you decide that mm, maybe this is, not, this is not the right plan for me, then you can change your mind and then you can decide to start over. You can decide to change the trajectory of your plan. Uh, you can decide to give your, yourself some time to reflect. Just set your own pace and, uh, you know, do the things that you need to do in order to be uh, happy with the decisions that you take. Um, another thing that, well, um, somewhere on the Internet, this might sound different, but I, I really uh, I really thought about it in this context. Don't compare your chapter one with someone else's chapter 10. And uh, no matter how you find it on the Internet, I think the, the point here is, is that, um you know, you found your passion, but the way you approach it is very important for your own satisfaction because if you are in the first years of your career um, or in the first month at a new job, uh, even if you've worked in that field for a while, if you compare your results with uh, someone else's results that have worked in that complete, you know, um, setup for a similar setup or maybe a different setup, but with other resources, if you compare it directly, then it will always feel different. So why, why do it? It's, it's, you know, um, similar to setting your own pace and having your own, um, your own trajectory. It's important to, to be aware of that. And a point that I wanted to make, uh, here that uh, Brittany Arthur, um, a podcast guest uh, on design thinking that has lived abroad and uh, has now an agency in, in Japan, she talks about a concept called the linear versus nonlinear path. And thinking here in the career space, um, I showed you how in the expectation looks of like a career path and then how in reality it looks very different. 
Now, the more you move away from a linear life that is, I don't know, correlated to something that society thinks this is the way things progress, the more you move away from that, the more complicated it will actually be. So what I mean by this is that um, if you live abroad, so you are already an outsider because you've moved to a new country. If you are looking for a job, if you are looking for a job in a new space that maybe you don't have a lot of experience, experience in, of course it will be hard. Because if you compare yourself to everybody that is joining that space that maybe has a different background or different, I don't know, a setup, maybe they know some, uh, they have a network, maybe they know somebody that they can uh, talk to, of course it will look different. So thinking about linear versus nonlinear path, it's really something to consider that if you think something it's, um, has a direct relation with, uh, with uh, a result, it's most likely not like that. The more you go further away from what that uh, expectation looks like, the more you will see it's really complicated. So, um, you know, just uh, be kind to yourself and uh, don't, don't, give, don't judge yourself too much for, for all the situations that maybe don't work out your way. Which takes me to choosing your battles. <laughs> Probably my favorite, uh, my favorite lesson. Something that you know, uh, it it really changed a bit the perspective on what I uh, decided to take on as a, as a professional. Because you decide to move forward in in work or in in life a certain way, and sometimes not everything we want to happen will happen. So uh, we might want to move forward with the project with, uh, you know, we might want to collaborate with our colleagues or our coworkers in a certain way, um, or we might just want to avoid the subject altogether. We don't want to be part of that conversation yet. There we are. So for our own sake, it's important to make a decision and choose what we want to be invested in versus what we do not mind just letting be. There are some battles there that you might take on to prove a point or to say, okay, this is really something very important for me. I'm going to spend my energy and all of my resources to work towards this. But there will be situations where you being part of that conversation in a, in a very, you know, engaged way might not make sense. And in this, uh, I don't know, as an exercise that <laughs> I think uh, could make sense is if you if you work with, with teams in different locations and then you have some disagreements or some, uh, I don't know, you, you had some different understandings of a situation, rem remind yourself that it's, it's really, it can really look differently on the other side. So maybe try to communicate and see where the um, miscommunication is rather than trying to prove that point over and over again, not having, you know, not meeting in the middle. Uh, and this was something that I learned uh, the hard way in my career because I was really invested in, in some, in some situations that maybe I shouldn't have been. And it's okay not to win on all fronts and just, uh, you know, uh, try to work towards teamwork and towards the mission of, of the organization that you're in. Uh, one of my podcast guests, Jada Haga, uh, talking on management consulting, she really talked about, you know, focusing on the vision and being flexible on the details. So prioritizing what you put your energy into, but looking at the bigger picture rather than fixating on all of the small details. Um, yeah. Um, what is going to take you closer to your goal? What is it that is going to help you um, move forward in, in your plan? If it's something really small and maybe something that will not matter in a few years, then maybe it's not worth investing so much energy in. Um, and late, uh, lastly, um, taking responsibility for your life. I thought 
uh, a few uh, minutes or more on how to um, how to frame this uh, learning because I think I got to this realization quite recent as well. I think that oftentimes we give our power away. Let me say that again. Oftentimes we give away our power. We think that everything happens outside of us when in reality we decide how we react to a situation. So when I take decision, I consider what I consider what is under my control and I am aware of the fact that I might not be able to influence the other party as well. And that is fair. Um, I take responsibility for what I can do uh, and I don't overwork myself trying to control a setup that is clearly not in my control. I think this works both in a private setup and in a professional setup. So once you've decided to take responsibility for your situation and not let it affect you, then you will see that things will work out in your favor. And this is not about controlling your environment because you really cannot control what's not within your power. So this piece of advice is really about deciding for yourself what you want to achieve and what want, uh, what life you want to build. And then the advice is to just ask for it. Ask for exactly what you want. Take responsibility for what you can do. And in some situation, asking exactly for what you need is the best decision. Asking for help, asking for support, asking for some time off, asking for a raise, asking for a promotion. And then if you ask directly, if you have this like, you know, explicit uh, conversation about, uh, you know, explicitly, I want to do this. And then you get the feedback that you get. Then you decide how you take it from there. It, it works, you know, in, in the same way of, um, you know, if you do, if you get the feedback that you get, uh, that you do great <laughs> uh, at work, for example, but you don't get a, a raise or a promotion or you don't discuss that because it's, it, it doesn't seem to be part of the conversation, but you want it to be part of the conversation, then you decide for yourself what you want to do. You can decide to start looking for something else. You can decide to restart this conversation to move forward this conversation with a coach or with a mentor, you know, if it's something important for you, take responsibility for it and say, hey, this is really important for me. I don't want to just uh, let it be in there and I'm just going to move forward with with that. Um, taking respons responsibility for your life is about making conscious decisions to help live the life that you want. I noted that down because I really wanted to mention it. And uh, with that one last piece of advice, I really want to thank you for your time. If you will allow me a bonus message that I thought of sharing uh, today before the live stream, um, what I learned in the last year is that uh, self-love is a topic that we do not discuss enough. And on Women's Day, I want to remind all the ladies joining that you deserve the best in life. And uh, if you feel you are searching for the best in life, then that is your right. And it's important to love yourself first because we cannot give to others if our own cup is not filled. We will only compromise on our well-being. Thank you all for listening. I hope this was useful and that you felt inspired and you resonated with my message. Wow, Alexandra, I'm speechless. I have to say, I'm speechless. Um, thank you so much. Um, I think that uh, the message of self-love is, uh, is so important, um, not just for women, for everyone. Uh, at this moment and I think it's very um, important that we realize that first of all we need to really really love ourselves and only when we get to that point can we actually um, succeed in everything else that we do but all these points that you spoke about about self-realization and you know 
being able to change your mind and taking control over your life, but also, you know, setting your own pace and, and not comparing yourself to your chapter one to somebody else's chapter 10 uh, is something I remember. Uh, Britney Spears is three months older than me. And when I was 18, I kind of looked back and I said, how did she do everything that she did? And I just I haven't done anything yet. So uh, I think it's a very, very uh, valid point. So thank you very much uh, for all of your beautiful insights. And I'm going to uh, throw at you a few questions and we can have like a little bit of a chat um, about that. Thinking a lot about what you said, I think that, you know, I, I think that we're both, uh, both of us are women um, expats. So we both work in the world of technology and innovation. Uh, we live uh, in countries that are not our homeland. Uh, but that we moved and we moved, we used to work uh, in our country, we moved to another country, and we're women, uh, which are two hurdles put in one, uh, in a sense or another. Um, I remember when I moved to Milan uh, three years ago, um, that I think it was the first time where I realized that I really had to ask for help, but not help because I was helpless, but help because I needed support. Uh, and I, I remember that one of the things that was really, really um, a turning point uh, in my experience uh, of living in a, a new country was meeting this woman um, who I am now very proud to say she's my friend, um, a very successful lawyer in Milan. And I remember coming to her and I said, you know what, I'm kind of clueless, I'm kind of lost, I don't know what I'm doing, I'm not sure that I made the right choice. Did, maybe I should just go back home. And she looked at me and she said, you know what, let's take it one step at a time and see what we can do. And she said, you know, the most important thing that we always have to remember is that women have to help women. It's not a competition, but if we don't help each other, nobody's going to help us. Um, and from that moment, I remember like my whole mind switched uh, and a lot of my experiences of then trying, uh, turning Milan into my home um, was that sentence when she said, you know what, we're here to help. So we can do this together. Network, You're not alone. Yeah. Uh, you know, you can always change your mind, but let's give it a shot. Yeah. Um, what was your experience moving into a whole new country, new language, new culture, new everything? Mm. Um, wow, it was very hard. It was, um, it was very hard. Um, and I only felt comfortable talking about this sort of... Uh, uh, this this uh, story after a few years because I had a huge culture shock moving to Denmark. Um, in Romania, we are just uh, a different culture altogether, <laughs> uh, and people are very uh, easygoing also with their you know personal life, so they overshare sometimes. <laughs> and in Denmark, people are very private. So I remember my first uh, few weeks, I was wondering why doesn't any uh, of the people here want to be my friends. I am trying to, I just moved here with the purpose of, you know, having this sort of setup where I make friends and uh, why is this not happening? And I feel that um, not knowing that, uh, not having any sort of preparation was really, was really hard. Uh, but uh, I think within six months, I was like, okay, this is going to be okay. But it took me a few months to, to get used to it. I think uh, the culture shock was quite big. And, you know, it's a very competitive market. Uh, I came here with the idea that I will be a student worker. And so does every European citizen who can study in Denmark for free. Uh, so everybody has an equal chance of applying for all the jobs. And uh, it took me a few months to find a job, even if I had experience before. 
And that was a huge eye opener because I was always a hustler before. And I thought, I'm just going to go there and tell them I, I, I want to work for them. And then they were like, hey, you and many other people that uh, that do this. So, um, you know, it was a it was a wake up call. Yeah, it was a, it was an experience that I don't know if I would want to have it the same because at some point I was really like, oh, am I in the right spot here? Uh, but you know, I, I then I met some amazing friends and uh, now I call Denmark my home. So, <laughs> yeah. No, it, it is. It's it's a, it's a question of getting used to things, and it's 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 a challenge. We can we can surely be a challenge, but I think that if we. Um, as let's say now older expats, uh, but also local people, if we realize that um, people are struggling uh, and we can be helpful, uh, this is something that I always think that is is key. Uh, if we can help uh, as much as we've been helped, I think it's a it makes us stronger uh, in the end of the day when we move forward. Uh, and I think that's a very uh, valid point. I'm going to remind our audience that if you have any questions for me or for Alexander or for us or you want to throw at us, please free, feel free to use uh, the chat. Thank you for your comments so far. Uh, they're beautiful and we appreciate them very much. Um, another topic that I wanted to touch upon together with you is something that we always discuss about when we talk about especially how can we help promote uh, women in tech or how can we help promote uh, career paths in the world of technology. And a lot of times what we say uh, and we've realized over the years is that the one thing that is missing sometimes is these female role models um, that young women, younger women or even older women can have when they're trying to create uh, their career path. Um, for me, I have to say that I have uh, we, we have a shared role model that we discussed uh, about, which is, of course, uh, the very successful Ariana Huffington. Uh, who for me has been uh, an inspiration, really, um, coming from a small place in Greece and really creating her own career, her own family and moving forward and being a very successful woman, very smart. And I love to hear her speak because she has a lot of very interesting uh, insights and yeah. is one type of role model that I have. Another type of role model that I have, which I've had um, the opportunity very much uh, luckily to cooperate with, uh, is the former vice president of Vivendi in Paris, uh, Agnès Touraine, who for me is an exceptional businesswoman, um, who um, I, I'm in awe that I was in the same room with her for so many times. And she really kind of brought um, the business of gaming uh, with World of Warcraft and everything that goes around in that kind of area and technology, which was something very, very unique because nobody thought about women promoting gaming. But on the other hand, my personal also role model is something that uh, a woman that not necessarily in technology, um, but I always look also at Tina Turner and I say, wow, this woman had such a hard life. And yet she really took control of her life. Like you said, she decided uh, what she wanted to do. She loved herself. And for the love of her own self, she was able uh, to be such a success. Um, who do you see as role models? Uh, I know it's kind of like a, it's, it's a, hard, it's a very good question, uh, but I think it's important for us to kind of like identify um, these women that we can um, that can shed some of their light on our lives. Mm, mm. 
Well, Ariana, Ariana Huffington for sure, and uh, my friends will laugh if they uh, if they uh, are now in this live stream because they know I'm a huge Beyonce fan, and I'm not just a fan of her of her music, but also of how she is a, a, a businesswoman having her own uh, production company and you know being her, her own manager. Basically, it's it's an inspiring story for me. I feel, and um, Michelle Obama, it's definitely one of my uh, one of my role models. Um, I look up to her and I follow everything she posts and I was like oh I wonder what is this new initiative uh, about and then you know you have the role models around you um, and I want to share that all of the people that I invited on the podcast were role models that I was personally interested in knowing more about because uh, I started a um, a podcast from my own curiosity of just understanding how you make it and this idea of being successful because success is a very personal decision. What is success to you might not be the same definition for me. So that's why I was interested to know what did you do to get to this point? Are you satisfied with what you have right now? And if you were to change something, would you do it differently? And it's really interesting to hear that even though um, I interview female role models from um, a new field of work every time I have an interview, I don't repeat the fields of work. Uh, in order to, you know, get any, to get more uh, more feedback on different uh, career paths. But the learnings and advice that they share are very similar. And they are, you know, about the idea of uh, taking it easy, uh, putting pressure, not putting pressure on yourself, because many women put pressure on themselves that they need to be perfect at everything they do. Uh, and then if you, uh, you know, if you get to a certain point, then... Um, what do you do from there? Because that's the peak. Nobody else did it. So what should I do right now? And then you start having this self-doubt of should I continue? Should I not continue? And I really wanted to hear from, from those female role models um, what was their journey. And I must say that um, I'm very inspired by the fact that I can go in my immediate network in Denmark and ask for help and I get feedback. I am very engaged in with the women in product community as a product manager, and I have a few role models such as Deepa and, and others that every time I contact them, they are there to help me. And I feel that, you know, is this can this be any better? <laughs> because it's just such a nice uh, community that we've built uh, just by wanting to uh, to to build a community together. And, uh, yeah, everybody that I interview and everybody that I interact with becomes a role model. You know I have become my, uh, I think, uh, I don't know if you are the most recent because I interviewed a new uh, person for my podcast and I was like, oh, another person that I really admire. <laughs> so you are definitely on my, uh, on my recent list of, of role models because you've also had an extraordinary career uh, and then you've also been, uh, you know, in the, the venture space. And it's just amazing to hear all of those different experiences that led to where you are now. So it's, yeah, it's just uh, really inspiring. I'm blushing now, but thank you. <laughs> thank you very much. And um, when we talk about role models, we also talk about mentors a lot. Um, and I have to say that uh, when we talk about mentors, um, I'm going to say something that could be a bit of a provocation, uh, but, uh, you know, you know me, I like to, to do that. And um, I also think that a lot of the times, I mean, looking at my personal mentors, uh, throughout my career, as you mentioned, I worked for 10 years in venture. Uh, I came from a very non-financial background. So my mentors really had taught me everything I know. 
uh, but they're still my mentors. Uh, the only difference being that I have a mixture of mentors that are female and also male. So uh, it's not kind of like saying, you know, I am who I am only because women helped me. Uh, no, I'm, I'm also who I am because I had a lot of very, very successful men who helped uh, me in the process uh, of doing what I'm doing. And I remember the founder of my fund, the fund that I used to work with, which was uh, Jerusalem Venture Partners and the founder, Erel Margalit, was once asked, um, why do you have so many women in your team? Uh, because it was a fund that had a 50-50 uh, female-male ratio, which is very strange in the venture world. And he said, I have a lot of women on my team, not because they're women, but because they're exceptional professional, professionals. And this is something that I always said, you know, you have to be a very strong man in order to be able to say, you know what, it's not about women and it's not about men, it's about professionals. Um, and for me, that was very important, kind of like I was very young and, and important. It was important for me to hear. But also mm -hmm. I allowed myself to uh, look at other women in venture. Uh, Fiona Dalmon is an exceptional Israeli venture capitalist that uh, I think taught me almost everything I know. But also other people around me. Um, it was a question of saying to myself, I need to learn. And I have a lot to learn. So I'm going to take, learn as much as I can, absorb as much as I can uh, from the people around me. Um, and that was also a question I was asked very often is, what made you go into venture? So I always said, you know, it wasn't my lifelong dream to be working in venture capital. I kind of stumbled upon it. Mm. But then I took control over my life and I said, you know what, this is very interesting. This is something I like. Let me absorb as much as I can for the role that I'm doing now, but also for the future uh, of what mm. I need to be doing uh, moving forward. How do you mm. see this kind of um, male, female, uh, mentors, mm. um, knowledge sharing and all of this kind of uh, area? Oh, it's a very, very important point that we should make that when you talk about women empowerment, you don't talk about women should now be the only ones that matter and then men should just step aside. I think, you know, I even had this debate with myself, how should I name my podcast? Because it's about female role models, but then would it sound too female-ish? And then I was like, come on, my mission is to empower women. So I'm going to just call it Femlead because I just like that name. But I really thought about, mm, what should I say? So that is not... And I think sometimes we get into these conversations of like, oh, but what if it sounds too much like this? And my advice is always to like look for champions of your mission because there are champions of your mission everywhere. Um, you know, I've always been blessed or just, uh, you know, in the right setup, even though I do believe you attract what you what you are. So I really want to, you know, open-minded people that think that, uh, that think that, uh, that uh, believe in equality. My, my mentor, my first mentor, Andre Costescu, uh, from a startup in Bucharest was the, the man that made basically uh, sparkle this uh, idea in me of working in a startup. And I did, like you said, um, I didn't think about startups as something that I can do because I study PR. So I was like, hmm, one day I'll end up writing a press release or something. But then I worked in a tech startup and I was like, oh, I'm really good at sales and I'm really good at processes. So business development is something that I'm interested in. I applied for a, for a master's in entrepreneurship at Copenhagen Business School. I got in and then I continued 
thinking that innovation comes from small agile teams that work together for this for this purpose. So now this is what I do and I really enjoy it. I have promoters of female leaders in Nova Resume, all of my colleagues, I have promoters in my personal life and I feel that we need to uh, consider that this is not a male versus female issue. This is a universal issue that, you know, equality and gender equality creates innovation. It, it represents everybody and we should have everybody at the table because we're not serving only half of the population, basically. It's, uh, it, it's just, you know, some of, the, some of the thoughts that I have on that. Thanks so much. I'm looking at a little bit of the comments that were coming through. And actually, the next question kind of that I wanted to ask you kind of relates to a question that um, our friend Greta asked us. And she said, did you ever did you face any challenge in your working life only for the fact of being a woman? Sometimes women need to work harder than their male peers in order to earn recognition or praise. So taking a little bit about what Greta is asking and asking you as well. Um, you know, I come from a, a very, very masculine environment, uh, which is Israel, very, very military. Uh, my first career step was mm -hmm. in the army in a very, very male-oriented uh, area. Then in venture, again, very, very male. Uh, and then I moved to Italy, which is taking steps forward, but still there's a lot to do. I'm very happy uh, and honored that the company that I work for right now, Talent Garden, has actually a majority of female employees, which I think is a very, very important step, uh, an important thing uh, to, to make clear uh, as we move forward. But it's not, it's not been easy. I'm going to mm. add also that being a blonde woman in some of these circumstances makes it even harder. Uh, mm. Being a foreigner is another hurdle that we have to go through. But I think that, um, you know, I, I faced many challenges of being the only woman in a room many times mm -hmm. or being mistaken as the person that is supposed to be bring coffee instead of the person that is actually giving you your financial status as you're moving forward. Um, but then being, I think that the way for me to overcome this challenge was to be very confident and saying, no, sorry, I'm actually uh, here for, for something else uh, and not apologizing. So not taking, you're not saying, you know, excuse me, I'm here, but being very mm. confident in my standing. It's not easy. Uh, sometimes you stand in front of very, very powerful uh, men uh, and it's a challenge. Uh, but yeah. it's a challenge that I kind of like send everybody to go on this challenge. It's very, very empowering to overcome this kind of challenge mm. um, in our day-to-day -day life. Do you think, though, um, we're seeing in the tech in, uh, work and workplaces and let's say in the innovation environment um, moving forward? Are we going towards a more equal kind of uh, ecosystem or do we still have huge leaps and steps and boundaries uh, to go through? How, how are you seeing it right now? Yeah. Well, to, uh, to just reply one second to Greta's comment, I think that, you know, in different organizations, it will be harder for women to just make a point because of all the different levels of just stereotyping or, you know, ideas that people have about what the, what the role should be. But I think that, uh, you know, it's really important to stand up for yourself and uh, rem 
of course, it's not for everybody. Not everybody will be comfortable, will feel comfortable. So just do whatever is comfortable to you. But also, if you know that you are competent and that you should be there and that you have all the right criteria, there will be a place for you that will appreciate that if the current place doesn't. That is for sure. So I feel that, you know, you should never doubt yourself just knowing all of the things that you know, because somebody has some different ideas of how the world should look like. And maybe you don't relate. Maybe you don't even need to be there. You know, you know, taking responsibility for your life, choosing your battles, all of those um, ideas resonate with this. Where where are you and where you need to go in order to fulfill what your career path is? And um, in this line of women in tech, I feel that, you know, the changes that we're seeing is that the more we share stories of role models, role models, the more people say, oh, that's amazing. I also have an amazing woman in my network that did that. When I shared with my male friends the fact that I'm starting a podcast on promoting female role models, and this is a true story, I had many of them replying, oh, do you need people that are like super amazing? Because I have a list of females that I can write to you that have impacted my career so much. And I would love to just share the names of some of them because I think you should interview them about their careers because I think everybody should know what they did. And this is the sort of feedback that I'm talking about when you share what you think, when you stand up for what you what your values are and for what you believe, you really attract that sort of, you know, reaction from people that respect what you believe and what you uh, strive forward, and then they try to help you. Of course, you will also attract uh, different sort of other uh, impressions, but then you select not to spend your time on it. It's really, uh, it's really fair. Like, of course, you might be in the right place, but in the wrong place. Sorry, but like Nicole mentioned here, one moment in my life that I'll never forget. I once uh, worked as an MD for a tech startup, and the CEO of the group once introduced me in a meeting. I invited her here to have a woman in the call. Of course, she said, I'm sure she replied, I'm sure uh, I'm sure I'm not here because of my gender, but because I'm competent. And then she's not working for that company anymore. Obviously, like, how can you like, you know, <laughs> of course, no, there might be this situation. It's like a few years ago, I decided to take a stand, let's say, and regardless to if it was going to hurt my career or promote my career of saying, I'm not going to speak at conferences if I'm being invited to be the woman. I want mm. to be invited as the professional that I am. Uh, and if we, it, it's not an easy choice because you have to give, you, you have to be aware that some people are going to say, you know what, don't come. Um, but it, it's a decision you have to make. Um, mm. And then it's controlling really your career path and where you're going. We have a few minutes left. So mm. I want to do a, a very quick ping pong. Uh, this okay. is <laughs> inspired by uh, Bernard Pivot who created a very quick questionnaire uh, of questions, random questions uh, that he used to ask his uh, interviews. Uh, and I've created my Noa Segre a la Bernard Pivot. Uh, so I'm going to ask you five uh, very quick questions, if you could just answer me in a short sentence. The first question is, if you could live anywhere in the world, where would it be and why? I'm going to say Australia, because it's a warm country <laughs> and uh, <laughs> this is just i don't know where else because in everywhere in europe it's just amazing but uh, the reality of denmark is that it is cold and uh, gloomy sometimes so <laughs> okay okay the second question would be if you could choose any other profession other than yours what would it be 
I would uh, be a psychologist or a uh, therapist. Excellent. Which profession would you never want to have? I uh, thought about it and I really don't know. Nothing came to mind that it's... Okay. Do you, do you, did you think about it? Do you have a reply about for that? Maybe I can get inspired from <laughs> what I you would, thought. I, no offense to anybody in the audience, <laughs> but uh, really no offense. I have the highest appreciation. I would never want to be an accountant. I'm very bad <laughs> with numbers. It's not my thing. It's just, it's just not my thing. But I have the highest appreciation to those who are accountants in, in the audience. <laughs> uh, which piece of advice would you give your 15-year-old self? I would tell my 15-year-old self to do exactly what I feel is best for me because it will make me the happiest. And what would you like to tell your 85-year-old self? I want to tell my 80-year-old uh, 85-year-old self that I did all I could do. I'm happy with the decisions that I took because I did not compromise on my values. Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> Thank you so much for playing uh, my game. Um, it was really fun and I'm I'm also happy that you got to share, you know, some of your uh some of your setups that 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 you've had because I feel that uh, listeners can really hear from your story a lot of advice and learnings from you know how to navigate the the career path and it's not simple i i'm telling you know it, it, it it's not easy but I, but it's possible and this is i think uh, the main message is to say you know uh, and this is something i would want to tell my 15 year old self but also my imaginary children and neighbors and and everyone of saying you know um i we we should as a society men women uh, all over the world, tell our girls that they can be whatever they want to be in the world and nothing uh, should stop them, nothing should uh, take them back and they could be anything, um, anything they want, anything they desire, anything they, they feel they can do. This is what we should be telling the girls. So this is something that I also, when men ask me, what should we do? This is exactly this. Be the fathers, the brothers, the bosses, the cousins, uh, the neighbors, that say this to our children. Um, I think this is the future uh, of a better world. So thank you, Alexandra. Thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. It's been my pleasure as always uh, to talk to you and I look forward to continuing uh, this dialogue. We, of course, uh, can't wait to host you here in Milan uh, when you come. <laughs> um, thank you again. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your insights. Uh, it's been uh, extremely inspiring. So. Uh, uh, have a wonderful uh, rest of your day. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Thanks a lot. I hope you felt inspired to take charge of your next career move. Remember to review this podcast and share your comments. Thank you.